The Digital Lifestyle presents TDL Mobile for the 19th of April, show number 106. I'm Jason Coombs. I'm Jose Ortiz. And I'm John Dickinson. Hey guys, it's been a while. We're, uh, we're, I think, even worse than normal. I think it's, it's definitely been a while for me. <laughs> I think it's uh, <clears throat> like usual. We're uh, we're all struggling. I think this time of year, so we uh, we always aim to get on a regular schedule, but unfortunately, it's not always possible. But uh, we appreciate that people stick with us and keep listening, and we'll we'll get shows out as often as we can, and eventually we'll get ourselves back onto a regular schedule. So we've got we've got someone unexpected tonight. We've got Jose on, which we weren't expecting to see. I don't know. Have you got something you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Debate you want to start? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to make it this week, but I mean, okay. So you tweeted. And this is a quote. This is the the direct tweet. I, I think I, I know. The I baited. For, you mean I baited? You baited. Yeah. <laughs> I think I know the reason for all the recent Windows Phone negative posts. Fear. I mean, fundamentally, there is nothing wrong with the OS. You, uh, exactly, you baited because you know <laughs> fundamentally there are tons of things wrong with this OS. And, and, and no, 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 I wouldn't. No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't agree. There's tons wrong. I would. I would agree there is things missing. There's places that it can improve, but I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with it. Okay. Tomato, tomato, but. <laughs> I mean, really, I don't think anyone right now is fearing Windows Phone. I mean, uh, ultimately, the, the, you somehow led the conversation to saying uh, that it shouldn't, just because it's not complete right now, that they shouldn't give up. And I, I know I never said that. I don't know if you're referring to somebody else. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, they're yeah, going to keep investing in the technology. <laughs> but uh, ultimately, I mean, at, at the end, I think you conceded that, that there's – Quite a bit of improvement still needed for for Windows Phone, and my 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 contention was because your excuse was what's well, still V1, it's still a first gen OS, and I, I think at this point Microsoft has run out of that runway where they can use that as an excuse. How much longer are you going to keep saying well it's only a Gen One OS? Well, I think um I think. The, the point I'm really trying to make is that it is a generation one operating system. And had it been the first, I don't think it would have been criticized the way it is. I think its main problem is that when you do lay it next to a mature operating system like iOS or even Android, that yes, there are still gaps. And now I also appreciate that it isn't the first one and that times have really moved on. Um, <clears throat> and so that, that kind of that kind of excuse is, is a bit, um, kind of null and void in a way. Um, so, I, I mean, I've always said that Microsoft needed to, to get things going a lot quicker, that they needed to, you know, kind of make jumps ahead. Um, I still kind of think that, that for, for me, you know, Mango was a big leap forward. Um, but and on a day-to-day basis, apart from one really glaring omission um, that I have talked about on here and, and kind of put my hands up and say, yeah, it needs to improve, which is, is you know, the, the Skype application is a clear example of where Windows Phone lacks. But 
my day-to-day use and I, I I don't find it lacking I don't find it wanting I find it a really good experience and it, it does everything that I want it to do and I think apart from the real kind of technical people people like us and people that write these reviews that are comparing it to, to something else I think any consumer coming up and choosing the device coming up as their first smartphone I really don't think they would they would find the experience that you know as as bad as people are writing out that you know see that's that's where i disagree the most so we didn't get into this and uh, really because i only had 140 characters say it but that's (laughs) that was one of the points i wanted to make that this is i i i would not feel comfortable recommending a windows phone device to my friends to my family to anybody picking up their first smartphone because it is lacking that much right so it doesn't have enough development support the apps aren't that great uh, it, you know the 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 updates. Twitter hasn't even been updated since the launch. Um, you, mean, you mean the official Twitter app? Yeah, the official Twitter app. Um, the and, and that's something that Microsoft supposedly worked with Twitter with, right? So I mean, of, out of all the apps, you would think that that the official Twitter app would be able, especially since they tout this great Twitter integration. That uh, you know, you said that was the the big innovation with Mango. Um, it's the the um, the um, the graphical cues aren't uh, as polished as they can be, um, so that there's a lot missing in Windows Phone for me to be able to say, hey, you know what? Yeah, go ahead and, and buy a Windows Phone over either an Android phone or um, an iPhone. I mean, even but with I Android, I, I agree that I I mean a lot of Android, you know, that there's still some catch up to do in terms of devices getting updated to ice cream sandwich so at this moment the only android device that i would recommend which actually my sister just got one um is the the galaxy nexus that's i mean it's the only ice cream you know solid ice cream sandwich now with these htc uh one devices coming out i haven't tried them out but from what i've read they're great um and of course the iphone i mean the iphone's kind of like the de facto standard in terms of recommendations because it really is smooth polished uh, you know, simple use, simple navigate, and and Windows Phone just is not there. And and yes, it's a Gen One device, but to your point, you know, it's it's not about generations anymore. It's about what time we're in right now and what the competition is doing out there. And it's been well over a year since Windows Phone was introduced, and and they've done virtually nothing with it. And uh, I, I know you keep saying that Mango, you know improved it by leaps and bounds but i just don't see it i i have yet to see what mango did to improve uh on on the os i think um i mean first of all i'd say i mean the, the twitter application thing is a, is a bad example because the official twitter app isn't great and i i think there are examples of whether the official twitter app on other clients is also not great um, there's certainly plenty of some really great twitter clients you've only got to look at carbon at mado at um at Rory, you know, some they are some great apps, and they have uh, free versions. You know, if you're not interested in things like push notifications or um, the live tiles, you know, that's free. I mean, but I mean, Mado is is free since it was republished since um, Chrisfield put it back into the marketplace. So I think don't necessarily think that's, did that's it, a great did idea. Did development but... for Mado stop though? No, he, um, he 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 closed his developer account without appreciating that the app was going to get pulled from the marketplace. He thought it would just stay there. Um, so he um, rejoined the App Hub and republished it as a free application. Right, but so it, so it is back. So but he, I think but that, there's no development being done on that app anymore, though, right? No, no, no. It's still actively. It's not developing it as 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 
for actively as he was, um, which is, is part of the reason why he's made it free for now. Um, but he has got a version 2 coming, um, and it's starting to develop other apps as well. So I think, um, I mean, I think in some ways, that, you know, the old app argument is kind of a slightly weak one in that if you're, you know, if the apps you don't want, if the apps you want aren't there, then yes, obviously it's an issue and it would make you go elsewhere. But, um, you know, I don't find any applications missing. And if everything you want is on the platform, then, you know, to, for your, for that person's experience, the, the marketplace is absolutely fine. Um, and I think... Um, you mentioned about the, all the social networking integration. There is, you know, it's quite deeply integrated into the operating system. And in fact, that's what the whole Smoke by Windows Phone campaign blew up from, was the fact that you can do things quicker. And it's been proved time and time again. Now, I know there was that, um, for want of a better phrase, idiot of a manager that decided to stand his ground and stamp his feet because he was clearly beaten, but decided to make up excuses um, that they weren't. Um, but obviously, you know, Mark, I think Microsoft did the right thing there. Um, but ultimately, the Smoke by Windows phone was about showing that things you do day to day on a phone in terms of social networking, you can actually do quicker. So you can take a photo, you can tag yourself and, and friends in that photograph, get it up onto a social network without having to go into a camera app, without then having to go into your social networking app, without having to then, you know, kind of go into something that then tags the photos, maybe having to go online or. So I think, you know, and I think. Uh, Mango was certainly more than just about the social network integration. There was all the the, the add-ons, or sorry, the enhanced live tiles with the, with the double flip side, with multiple live tiles per app, with the deep dive into the application. Um, so again, you can get in and out and do something that you want to do as quickly as possible. Um, there was the integrated messaging client where your SMS and Messenger, and hopefully at some point um, Skype was kind of integrated into a single thread. There was, you know, all the improvements of the email client. There was some multitasking. There was the voice to text and text to voice that I use quite often and almost have a conversation with my wife while I'm driving home over text. Um, there was the local, the scout, local scout. There was the visual um, search. You know, there's, there's quite a few but things. But see, all of those, okay, so all of those things that you mentioned are catch up. Okay, everything, and then uh, the the um, what was it? The live tile uh, stuff. Conceptually, the, the, it's great, right? So you can have these live tiles on your home screen and be able to, to access your data upfront without having to launch the app. Conceptually, it's great, but again, the lack of developer support doesn't take advantage of the of these improvements, right? So they're not they don't become apparent to the user until uh, there's I massive would... developer support. It's difficult for those uh, features to become apparent to the user. Multitasking is horrible on Windows Phone. You have to, the the app has to reload every time you switch over to it. There's there's no that, seamless. No, that's, that's not true. Sorry. Uh, that's you, been my experience. Maybe it's just my HD seven. Yeah, I think I think it you'll find apps that you weren't open the app up again, though, isn't it? In order for you to go back to its state, you have to hold down the back button and then go through the the card like. Um, thing to go back to it. If you say if you um, were working on something and you click on the app to, again to reopen it, rather than going through the actual multitasking system, it reloads. It does it not. Yes, and if if it's if it's a pre Mango app, it will also reload. But there's but I would I mean I have no percentages, but there's a, there's certainly a, a good level of apps that now support Mango, and certainly all the all the apps that I use. 
um, support support Mango and resume properly. And I, I have a, you know, I'm not a developer, so I can't really comment. But I think um, Gary was mentioning that you can actually write code into your app that even if it's restarted, um, that it is possible for it to then, um, uh, what's the word I want, um, kind of quick restore rather than having to actually fully reload the app. But it's just whether or not kind of developers take that take that route. Um, that's, I mean, certainly I would also argue that that actually there are plenty of examples of apps of, of developers taking advantage of the live tiles. I mean, so there's, there's plenty of the official airline apps. Um, you know, again, Rory is an excellent example um, with being able to pin uh, the composed tweet or the what you're listening to. Um, there's, um, that's where my mind goes blank. But I mean, there's certainly, you know, there are, I would certainly disagree um, that developers aren't taking advantage of, of the live tiles. I mean, the weather apps are another good example. Um, the fact that you can, um, you know, pin web pages to the start screen. Um, you know, there's certainly plenty of apps where, where they're taking advantage of the multi-live multi tiles um, and also the, the, the double-sided live tiles. One problem I hit with live tiles, I don't know whether this could be something to do with uh, the apps I'm using, um, it's like for using... The weather app. I use AccuWeather from a weather app. Yeah, that's not, that, a good, not a good example. That's got a live tile. <laughs> yet the live tile never updates. I have to share yeah, into the app in order to get the, the live tile to update to the latest information. <laughs> yeah, I think. But that's a big. Def- but that's a big weather. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's I mean, not, I mean, I've been using I've been using Weather Live, which has got some nice live tiles, and I've actually just just recently switched to using Weatherflow, which has got an, you know some ama- really nice live tile integration with the with the flip side and you know really basic information. Right, and so and so so you've provided examples, right? So you're saying that you've kind of waded through the market and found what what works for you and found these examples, but. But again, it's not in mass that this is being taken advantage of, right? So, and and uh, the Android Marketplace has, uh, I guess, the Play Store, Android Play, has the same issue, right? So I'm not saying that in this case, uh, Android is is better than than Windows Phone, because Android has the same issue that you have to wait through tons of garbage in order to find something that actually works and takes advantage of Ice Cream Sandwich. Ice Cream Sandwich is still really only on one device out there, so developers aren't hopping on and and doing what they need to do to to take advantage of what ice cream sandwich offers right but i yeah. think the difference Although is the, that uh, i'm not making excuses for it and so the one thing that the marketplace does though on windows phone actually i think it does a really good job of surfacing apps there's quite a few apps that i found just by the self-promotion and one thing that, that nokia includes on their phones is their own um, app discovery um, with even push notifications certainly when there's a, a new app that might be worth taking a look at so they're certainly they're certainly trying to surface the good apps Right, they're trying, but what I'm what I'm saying is that your average user isn't going to go looking. Right, they're going to say, "Oh, I know AccuWeather. I know AccuWeather is a big company. They're going to provide me with the weather. This is what I'm going to download. This is what I'm going to install." Right, it's 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 not. Uh, and and that app, you know, one of these big publishers that should be a large partner with Microsoft, isn't taking advantage of what Microsoft is offering through Windows Phone. So there, there's there's a large part you know part of it yes it, it's it's catch up that they need to catch up on on you know where Android and iOS are today um, and they need to really push developers to get even especially their major ones right the ones that they have these that they have the the launch announcements with 
Um, I think uh, New York Times was one of them. Uh, Netflix. I don't think anything really has happened with Netflix since launch. Netflix um, is on uh, Windows Phone. I, I know it's on Windows Phone, but I'm saying nothing has really happened with trying to improve that app, that experience Okay. Um, on Windows Phone. Um, so all, all these partners that they had at launch, it's, you know, have kind of faded away. Nothing has happened since then. And I understand that there's also, you know, of course, the, the smaller developer community, you know, such as, you know, apps like Meadow, which I actually never got a chance to, never got it to work on my HG7. But, you know, from, from the videos that I saw, it does look like a great Twitter client. Um, and I understand that those are there, but if, if you're announcing these major partnerships with, with these larger companies that you know mainstream consumers are going to be familiar with and are going to try to get to uh, as, as far as like their kind of first list of apps that they get, um, make sure they're continuously engaged and take advantage of everything that you're offering. Mm. I think from, from my point of view, I mean, I've... Um... I've been a Windows Phone 7 user day in, day out, the same as Jay's has uh, since I got mine um, just over 12 months ago. So just over, just over 12 months apart from the odd time of hopping back onto the HD2 to try out Android, um, I've been sort of constantly using it day in, day out. And it does do everything that I needed to do. Whether it does everything that I needed to do as well as I'd like it to do is another question. But it does do everything. And uh, what it's it is nice to use. I mean, the, novel, the novelty has kind of worn off on me a little bit now of having the uh, the or, you know the way that things have moved out. Which one of the big things when it first came out was oh it's completely different to Android and iOS. It's not it's going to be a a, um, a screen full of icons that you tap on and go into the thing. It's going to have the live tiles and everything else. And yeah, they're nice. Um, but whether or not you know they're um, enough of a defining characteristic to make me stick on the platform is another question. I mean, the, the thing that's most frustrated me, because like I say, you know, I really like using it. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had it for 12 months using it as my daily phone if I didn't like using it. Um, but yeah, the, the, the slow speed at which they're trying to catch up is the most frustrating part about it, I think. And just, I'm just trying to think back now to, how long it took for the like because we keep going back to it saying oh yeah it's a gen one device and, and things like that and it's been a gen one device for 12 18 months or whatever how long was it before ios and how long was it before android from release until they built it up to a, a point where you were like yeah this is a really good platform it's got everything i want on it it's uh, it's working really slick it's really well so just just trying to get things in terms of perspective I mean, I'd certainly be interested in hearing from, you know, obviously, both of you have got more experience with other platforms that, than I have. Um, so I'd certainly be interested to hear from your perspective, you know, where the operating system lacks. I mean, I think it's it's always difficult to, to fight the app argument because, you know, we could have that argument today and tomorrow a new app could come out that fills that hole. So certainly in terms of the operating system, I'd be interested to know where you feel it's kind of lacking and where it, it needs to improve. And, and well, you know. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I only have a, a couple minutes left, guys, and I have to drop off. But, I mean, for me, it's definitely just being able to, to uh, get the, the daily stuff done and navigate through the OS uh, as productively as I do on either Android or iOS. Um, and, and it, it doesn't – and that don't mean, like, knowing where to go for settings and, and how to get to certain things because, um, 
I mean, I, I think, uh, I mean, this is tons of shows ago. I think, you know, probably like in the, in the first shows that, that we started doing, but when the Zoom HD came out, you know, I, I got it, uh, pretty much on day one and I, I loved it. And I remember saying, man, I wish this thing had a, just put a SIM card on here so I could use it as a phone. So I love the design language, right? And, and John, to your point, it was so refreshing to see something so new. Um, which was also the case why I love WebOS so, so much, right? But as I started using it, I came to realize that it's as refreshing and as beautiful as the design is. It doesn't always lend itself to being able to uh, kind of manage through things quickly, right? So it's it's kind of the difference between having a, a, a shortcut on your desktop or actually, to your point, um, Jace, I know that, that we had the discussion about Windows uh, 8 and the fact that you have all these shortcuts already set up. So in the morning, it's just a matter of hitting, you know, shift, alt, one, two, three, four, five, and you have your, your programs up and ready. It, it's kind of the same thing, right? So instead of having to wade through these lists uh, and, and go through text, sometimes visual representation, uh, what I'm trying to say, visual representations of um, of something is just a lot quicker than having to, to wade through text. Um, and then there's the small things too. So, I mean, this lends to polish and obviously Android took its time to get there, but again, it was kind of in step with iOS. Uh, the, the small little things like the fact that I can't just launch an app from the program list menu again, uh, instead of having to hold and push back to go through the multitasking. Right. Um, it, it, it seems very inconsistent. Uh, Things like the the scrolling sometimes coming kind of stuttering, or instead of registering as a flick, it, it it registers as a tap because I didn't flick correctly. So those small little things add up and and kind of hinder my personal experience and enjoyment of Windows Phone. Now, will Windows Phone eight bring something else? Possibly, especially with the recent announcement that you know first gen Windows Phone devices aren't going to be upgradable to Apollo. Um, you know, maybe that's because what they're introducing with Windows Phone 8 is going to be so apart from it that, you know, they, they can't. I mean, that's kind of iffy. I'm pretty sure the HD2 is going to have Windows 8 on it, John. Probably. Um, <laughs> Windows Phone 8. But um, so it's it's small little things like that that add up to a very, like, inconsistent and almost frustrating experience, at least for me. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I would say, I mean, I... I, mean, I tweeted at the time that I, I thought they should have done better with the multitasking that the apps, even if you start them from the other tile or from the from the programs list, that it should be as if you've done it via the back button, assuming that it is still in, you know, in, in memory, um, albeit um, uh, paused. Um, and also the, um, I mean, I've not had experience where a tap has actually uh, a swipe sorry has come through as a tap but i mean I, again i've actually tweeted that, that the scrolling um, for third-party apps needs to improve but again rory is actually a really good example of actually if if the developers take time to actually tune their apps rory has got rory version 2 has got amazing scrolling on it i mean i can't make it skip like i can with other um clients but the only thing i would say is um i just wonder if the familiarity with iOS and, and Android having used, I mean, how old is iOS now? It's what, six, seven years, is it, since the iPhone came out? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds like a 
long time, but I, yeah, I just I saw him, all I mean is I just wonder if your familiarity with it is because you've used it for so long. Um, well, I haven't other, though. Uh, but I mean, other, I mean, yeah, no, <laughs> I, I've I, used I've used I've used iOS just as mu- probably just as much as Windows Phone. I, I actually haven't. I was never a huge iOS user. You know, I had my own issues. That I, my, uh, you know, I, I was always more of a Android fan just because of, of the flexibility with it, right? But then Windows, uh, I'm sorry, WebOS came out, and I was a huge fan of that. Unfortunately, that didn't go the way I wanted to. But you know, <laughs> WebOS was kind not of, a fan of Windows Phone then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so it, it's not it, it's not because I'm not familiar with it because I didn't use it as much as you know I have. Android is definitely where I, I've used I've spent most of my time, but. Um, you know, I've used Windows Phone probably as much as as uh, I have iOS, and um, I, I'm sorry, guys. I actually, I got to drop. I'm already late for this meeting. Um, but yeah, I mean that. Uh, uh, glad we kind of had <laughs> this discussion, <laughs> but I think that's where my frustration has come, right? And and not with you specifically, Jace, but kind of what what I've been seeing is you know a lot of Windows Phone fans have been really defensive and talking about how. Uh, you know, it, Windows Phone isn't getting a fair shake, and it's not that it's not getting a fair shake. It's just that the excuse of "oh, the next generation" or "this is first gen," I don't think no longer uh, applies any longer. Um, you know, at some point, kind of have to own up and, and say, you know what, it's just not where it's at. And you, you know, maybe with Windows Phone eight, it will get there and and it will shut everybody up and it'll go leaps and bounds beyond what's out there right now. But you know, we can't talk about what's might happen in the future um you know it's 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 where it stands right now yeah i know and i know you've got to go but i I just say that my frustration was with kind of lots of uh, reviews recently basically saying that you know look you know it's time for microsoft to kind of pack up and go home and you know really knock you if you want to survive you need to switch to android and i just i really don't feel that the operating system is is in any way um at a point where they need to do that. I think they've got a great building, um, you know, a great foundation, and I hope Windows Phone 8 builds on that. Yeah. And I think... Um, I'm, I'm and, sorry, and, guys. Uh, I, gotta go. I, I really yeah. got to go. Okay. <laughs> <I'll talk laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I think I'd, I'd agree with you in the, in the fact that they have... They've got a great building block. I mean, obviously, you know, it's like... Like I was saying before, it's... Um, I've been using this the, the Omnia Seven day in day out for over twelve months now, and you know if it if it hadn't been able to do everything I wanted to do, and it had been that frustrating, I wouldn't have done that. You know, I wouldn't have just gone out and bought another phone. But um, I do think that those those good building blocks that they've got need to be built on. In I don't I don't even know how they would go about doing it. I mean the the main the main thing that I'm thinking of here is the fact that. When when I think back to when I first joined TDL Mobile, when in first part of the call and we came together, I was I was on an iPhone then, and I remember that using that iPhone 3G and that whole experience of using that phone was was awesome. I loved that phone, and I can't say I've felt the same about any others. And that that's not just Windows Phone as well. That's the Android systems that I tried out. That's obviously well Windows Mobile as well, but no one considered of that. So, but it's. Um, you know what I mean? It's I've just not felt. I think I'm, it's not because I'm stuck in a Mac way of doing things. I don't own any other Macs. I've got an iPad, but I've only had an iPad since having the iPhone. 
Um, I'm heavily embedded into Windows environment from a desktop point of view. Uh, I've always been in Windows. You know, my 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 employed life, I, I work with Windows servers. I work with Windows desktop. So it's all Windows, nothing else. So I think it's just that it's that building block. It's knowing that if you go into a store and get hold of an iPhone or an iPad, you're not just going to be guaranteed to pretty much do everything you want to do with it right now from whichever provider you want to use. It's that you guarantee that when a new provider comes along, that's going to be the first platform that they build for. Yes. I mean, certainly, you know, iOS and Android, just they certainly have that huge head start. And I think only... Yeah. Assuming it comes, which I hope it does, certainly only the numbers um, of Windows phones out there is is going to change that. Really. Oh yeah, and they are building up the numbers. I mean, there's a lot of people moving to it, and um, and I think it's it's like what Jose said. It's like it's just building up that developer support, not just within the developer community and people releasing third party apps that do the things that you want them to do. It's getting the actual people that are writing the apps for from the official companies for iOS and Android to get on board with Windows Phone at the same time. Yes. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I think, yeah, um, I mean, I, I, like I say, you know, I love my Windows Phone. I mean, one thing I was going to ask is, today, actually, Jose's gone, because I was going to ask both of you, actually, from different points of views. I know you're really heavily involved with the um, in the Windows architecture from, from pretty much everything, every point of view, aren't you? You know, we were talking about what... Uh, what what note app to move to from from using Google Docs for preparing the show notes and things. I know you want to use one uh, uh, OneNote because you use it every day and things like that. So if coming from a a side where you're not so heavily involved in the Windows architecture, I wonder whether that would uh, sway you to a different point of view for Windows Phone. Yeah, possibly. Um, I mean, yeah, certainly we were looking at just using something other than Google Docs purely so it's something that you know, something that I could just while I was on my phone or any any device that we could just paste them into rather than having to go to the the, the Google website, which I guess is a bad example. Really shows there isn't a proper Google Docs client for for Windows Phone. But exactly. Yeah. I think um, I mean I, I mean I as I said before, I used Windows Mobile for a long time and I I hated it until the HD two and even that only really made it decent through the the um Sense. the yeah. the sense UI, you know, um and I think. You know, I've I've seen and held and used iPhones, and I've always said I admire the iPhone. I know we wouldn't have Windows Phone without it, and it, and I'm sure it is a great platform. And I think Android is also a, you know another good platform. But for me, I, I don't want to go into the Apple Wall Garden. And in terms of Android, I know it's not a direct comparison, but I've kind of been there with Windows Mobile in terms of a, a, a platform that's you know not not guaranteed to be updated. You have to always, if you want to prolong battery life, you're always going into it like a task manager and killing off applications and, you know, kind of really kind of micromanaging the phone to get it to work um, cleanly. Whereas, you know, it's something that, um, you know, iOS offers where, you know, it's it's just simple and easy to use. And you don't have that hassle that you do with, with or potentially have with Android. And, you know, I think Windows Phone kind of strikes that, that balance as well, that you don't have to manage the phone. You don't have to think about what applications you need to stop. Um, you don't necessarily need to put, worry about prolonging battery life, particularly with the battery saver feature. And and uh, but yeah, so I mean, I, you know, yes, I I am a real enthusiast when it comes to Windows Phone, and I, I push it as much as possible. I know it has its shortcomings, but I still, particularly coming from Windows Mobile, a, a platform that I had to work the way it wanted to, I feel like my phone works the way I want to. 
Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, I don't think anyone can uh, can um, doubt the uh, improvements from uh, <laughs> Windows Mobile. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I think that Nokia, you know, should certainly help getting the numbers up. They're certainly putting the marketing um, dollars or pounds in, and I keep seeing on on Twitter that um, they're. Um, you know, holding all these developer camps and offering up prizes, and you know there is, you know, the things with the, the Smokeball Windows Phone. I think is is quite a clever campaign. I think it's a shame it got that had that slight bump. And I think, um, um, names escape me now, but um, Long Zeng made a good point. I think that the competition kind of got too big too quickly. You know, it's difference between offering a hundred dollars prize to offering a thousand dollar laptop. You know, you're going to get people that are going to go to it. To, you know, the people that are more likely to win the competition coming out of the woodwork than opposed to people just kind of having to go for a for a bit of fun. Yeah. So, um, so yes, yeah, so it's a shame Jose had to finish off because I think that we'd have, that made a, a quite a good quite a good debate. But I should also say at this point, thank you to Nokia who uh, sent me a, sent me a pen in the post. <laughs> <laughs> so that have, you were complaining on Twitter, you wanted a pen or a mug or something. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I wasn't complaining. I was just I was just jokingly saying it'd be so cool to have a, a, a Lumia mug that I could use at work and kind of get people talking about the device and and whatnot. But yes, unfortunately, they they don't do any mugs, but they would send me a pen, which they they duly yeah. did. So. <laughs> But um, but I mean yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of interesting what you're saying about how the fact that Windows um, um, Phone um, is kind of still potentially the last platform to develop for. Although I think I was reading today that actually there was quite a good number of third parties kind of stepping up, and where even where there isn't the official app, there's a third party app that kind of comes along and fills it. But I, I I don't know. I've sent you a link to the the show notes on the Google Docs <laughs> since we're not getting on with Evernote, but um, that. A service that I haven't actually heard of before, but it's Umail. I don't know if you've heard of that. No, I haven't used it before, no. But um, they actually announced they're actually dropping support for RIM um, for BlackBerry uh, users. Um, <laughs> even, for, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even actually saying that uh, they get actually more traffic from Windows Phone 7, and they don't even have an app for Windows Phone 7. Um, but yeah, it certainly seems. Um, I know. I know. Rim have had since in the time we haven't been recording. I've had quite a big shake-up with the board, and they're trying to do everything they can to try and rescue the platform. But I think it's uh, it's interesting when you know it's it's not a, a matter of companies not saying they're going to develop for a platform, but actually saying that uh, because there's no support for it. But actually, the, the, the reverse where they're actually stopping development. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's just. We've been talking about the demise of uh, as RIM for a while, haven't we? So it's, uh, but they're, um, yeah, it's just sort of another nail in the coffin, so to speak, with developers jumping off uh, off the bandwagon. But uh, I, know, I guess it uh, brings in a bit more of a, a market share for uh, Windows Phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, exactly. I know there was um, there was even talk. Um, that maybe uh, Microsoft or Nokia might actually want to buy um, RIM, which uh, I don't know. I don't know quite how that would uh, work out, but hmm. I think I also saw. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't keep the link, but um, I also saw that um, RIM might have been talking to somebody about actually licensing the operating system. Okay, which could be interesting. I can't remember who it was they were talking to. 
Yeah, there's only some device be... manufacturer. And obviously, that was one route that um, WebOS was looking at, wasn't it, back in the day when uh, they were obviously um, there was talks about it, wasn't there? When obviously HP bought them out, and uh, there was talk of licensing WebOS out to, play, to various places, wasn't there? So. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, that um, didn't work out so well. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, unfortunately not. But uh, it's been just. I, mean, I do hope WebOS does. Um, I know we talked about it before, but I hope it, hope it can actually live on in the open source community, and and we'll see, kind of see how it goes. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Now I know you've been absolutely swamped, so I don't think you've necessarily got any specific news stories. So uh, the only things I've really got is uh, is kind of Windows Phone and, and Windows 8 related. So yeah, no, I haven't really this week, unfortunately. It was kind of a uh, last-minute thing over the last couple of days that I realised that I was going to have the time to come on and, uh, and talk with you guys. So uh, I've not really had a chance to uh, to have a look at the news. I mean, one thing I did want to uh, just have a quick chat about, um, obviously, uh, um, Jose's golden now, so he's going to have a chat to him about it as well, because he was, uh, I know he got hold of one, but I recently got, got myself a new iPad. Um not, so, not an iPad 3. <laughs> yeah, a new iPad. Um, so uh, you know, I decided to, obviously I was, I was uh, still using the uh, the first gen, um, which I'd had for well, about 18 months or so now since I got that, and uh, skipped out on the iPad 2 because I uh, didn't see enough of an upgrade really to make it worth my while back when that was released last year. But yeah, I mean, I've decided to go for one this time round. I thought, you know, it's, I've skipped one out, gone for the latest generation. Main reason for doing it really was because I'm doing a lot more traveling around with uh, with my business now. And um, one thing that I've really missed is having, uh, well, one thing I don't, I've not missed at all is having to pay for uh, hotel Wi-Fi all the time. Um, and not having to be, to, and not having that connectivity. I mean, um, one thing that really irritates me actually about my Windows phone, it's not Windows phone's fault, it's my carrier's fault, is that the tethering is non-existent, doesn't exist, can't do it, won't let me, um, and that's, uh, that, that's the fault of Orange, it's all uh, locked down. Um, so yeah, I mean, the main reason was I was working away, um, I was uh, doing some uh, asset auditing um, at a remote site in London. And uh, needed to email the spreadsheet back to uh, to the guys that were uh, logging information, and um, had to go running around trying to find a wireless access point. So I thought, you know what, I'll take the chance. I'll go for a new iPad because I obviously love my iPad. It's doing everything I wanted it to do in the first in the first place. So I didn't really want to have to change systems, and got on with the. Uh, the 4G 3/3G uh, built-in. Uh, use it as an excuse. Pick one up. <laughs> uh, Got to say, you know, I absolutely love it. It's a, it's a huge step up from the uh, from the first gen in terms of speed. Uh, the re- the uh, Retina display on it is uh, it is actually as amazing as what they make out. It's very very nice. Um, yeah, slightly smaller. Um, Got the cameras in it. Not really do it. I actually, actually I had a FaceTime conversation the other day. It's the first time I've used FaceTime. Uh, and that worked pretty well. But obviously, it's no good if unless you're uh, working with Apple people. So I've not tried the uh, Skype client out or anything like it yet. But uh, no, I was going to have a chat because I know I talked to Jose on uh, on Twitter about it. And the day that I picked it up, um, and he said that he picked one up, but then he sent it back because uh, 
because he didn't see enough of an upgrade from the, his first gen, which obviously you know he didn't use as much as I use mine. So uh, he was going to invest it uh, the money elsewhere. But um, I was going to have a chat with him about that. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, me and Jose talked about him that he was thinking about selling it back because for his use case he didn't need all the improvements like the display which you know he said albeit is really nice but you know he didn't need the extra speed didn't need the the extra graphics capability and for him you know really that the the original ipad that he had was actually you know still good enough and i think that's always the problem isn't it that you know you get a device that is as nice as the ipad and you know how do you persuade people to upgrade unless unless there's um you know, a version of the operating system that isn't available on the previous devices or like with the iPhone 4S, you get the Siri um, feature only on the iPhone 4S. You know, how do you really persuade people to, to upgrade when they're perfectly happy? Yeah, that's it. And it's, um, yeah, I mean, like I say, you know, if it wasn't for the um, the integrated 3 slash 4G, um, I wouldn't have gone for a new one. Um, there is there wasn't enough of an upgrade path for me to bother uh, in that case. Uh, I mean, you, you could argue that I could have just gone and bought a uh, a cheap Android phone and stopped my SIM card in that and used it for tethering, you know, or something like that. But uh, there's always there's always going to be that argument with everything, really. And no, I certainly do not don't regret the uh, the purchase at all. Um, it's it's a nice machine, and ideally, you know, I can't wait until they do this auction of the uh, the 4G band, and uh, so we can get some proper good speeds out of it. Yes, yeah, it certainly should. I think the first step was taken with uh, the analog signal getting turned off in London. I think it was last night. It's starting to make way for the uh, the 4G upgrade. So, mm, but I admit, mean, I saw a a report um, somebody posted on Twitter earlier on was saying that the the O2s. Um, 4G tests in London um, have come back with some uh, pretty amazing results. People are getting up to 150 megabits uh, yeah. download speeds. That, that's not the that's not the norm by any shape of means. That's right at the top end of the scale. But I think they were still coming in that you know between 20 to 50 megabits. So uh, and uh, I'm definitely interested in that you see because I mean I where where I live here it's quite rural but it's very rural and um, I although I get sort of um, LLU. Uh, connection from the broadband because uh, I'm so far away from the exchange. You know, I'm still I'm talking about three to four megabits, and that's it. Whereas on T-Mobile, I can get uh, full HSDPA so um, signal. So if I can get some kind of 4G uh, <laughs> connection up here, um, it would uh, beat my broadband hands down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think it's um in some ways I, I wonder whether or not it's quite difficult to innovate with something like like the iPad. I mean I. I admit I was completely wrong when the iPad came out. I thought it was a complete waste, just a, a way to sell a new device. But, you know, in hindsight, clearly Apple did invent a new device, a new slot in the in kind of the technology landscape. And But, you know, Hoser's always, always talking about, you know, making the next killer, killer device in terms of looks and making it, you know, a bit different. And But, you know, when you've got something where the, the iPad is generation one, it's clearly, a, a, you know, such a great device that, you know, there's not a lot you can really do with it. The form factor is what it is. If you, you know, if, unless you come up with some fundamental new way that iOS is, is going to work, you know, it's, um, you know, what, what do you do really? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're, they're, it's, they've only been able to innovate with the hardware. 
Um, yeah. And like you say, you know, what what more can you innovate with the hardware? I mean, a tablet is a tablet. It's a slab at the end of the mm. day, you know, when there's not much bezel around the screen. Uh, there's not really that much that you can do with it. So you've got to um, you've got to develop with the internals. Um, and the only thing you can do with the internals is things like improve the screen, improve the processors, um, improve the camera, and that's what they've done. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's not they've even... done pretty much everything that they can possibly do with it to improve on it uh, from a hardware point of view. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not even like you could say that you know IS ran like a dog on the first generation iPad. You know, I know there was there was talk about um, you know Android being slow um, on you know devices, and I know um, Josh Pollard was saying on um, the Digital Media Zone Entertainment 2.0 show that you know he he always reaches for his Windows phone when they want to do something because his wife's Android is so slow, and in that case, you know dual core processors and even you know quad core now, you know that makes you want the next device because the operating system runs that much better but you know when you've got something like the ipad where you know the ios was as smooth and and nice to use on the first generation as it is on the third generation so you know what what do you do exactly but i will say that the os does run a lot better on the new ipad than it, did. it, does. it does on my first gen yeah i mean my, uh, first, okay. my first gen i did get a bit frustrated with it at times when i was doing um, a few things, you know, and, and trying to work quite fast, copying and pasting or, um, or or writing emails, it would stutter and slow down a little bit. And that's not how it used to be when I first got the iPad. That's that's happened over upgrades to the OS. Um, mm. So, but this one is a lot smoother. You know, it's really uh, it's really quite thing. It's really quite slick. Um, mm. And another thing that I really wanted to touch on was was something that I've not had to do before with iOS devices was migrating my settings from one to an, to another. And that was amazingly easy. Like, I mean, I, I think I put a tweet out saying that, you know, every um, a, every platform should be this simple to migrate settings for. All, I mean, it backed itself up overnight the night before. I did a, a backup anyway just to make sure myself before I did the transfer. Um, and then all I did was when I first plugged it in, I... Uh, uh, logged into my Apple account with iCloud, said that I wanted to restore it from a backup. It had the last backup listed. This is all on the iPad, this was, so it not connected up to a computer or anything. Um, and it downloaded, it synced to everything from my settings, to my wallpaper, to everything. Uh, just re-downloaded straight away. Yeah. And I just got... Now, so all, all I had to do was log into my, uh, my Apple account and tap on the backup that I wanted to restore from, and that was it. <laughs> It did the rest. It's kind of interesting, really, and a shame that Jose's not here because actually, you know, if you really, if you do want to poke a big hole at, at you know, at an open wound on Windows Phone, it is the fact that it's that that's one of its shortcomings that it's difficult to transfer, um, you know, game progress and things like that. It's, there's there's no backup for it, so it's certainly one of the places that I would I would like to see things improve, but. I don't think that should necessarily put anyone off getting the device because most people keep a device for two years these these days anyway. So yeah, yeah that's it. I don't I don't know whether um, Android's any better at it to be honest with you. Um, obviously, I've only ever worked with um, modified Androids on the HD2. So yeah, sure. I think um, Android's probably benefit is that like Windows Mobile, it, the operating system, sorry, the, the file system is you can plug it in as a flash drive so you could possibly always get to the even if there isn't an official backup there's maybe a third party app or some way to, to maybe get the data off the phone yeah one of the things that um 
Jose and I were, were debating. Interestingly enough, he was actually uh, against it while I was arguing for Apple, which <laughs> 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 is quite a unique experience. But it'd be interesting in your views because I was saying that I thought it was actually a good thing that Apple had chosen not to call it the iPad 3. Because yeah. in many ways, it's kind of easy example. You don't you don't go and um, into say you know a store looking to buy a Panasonic TV and say I want the Panasonic version 10. You know it's oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean okay, people like us might, but your but your average consumer doesn't. I mean yeah okay, I knew what Panasonic I wanted, but um, and in some ways, you know the iPad is such it's reached on a such penetration that. Many consumers just want to go and buy an iPad, and or, and they just want to walk into a store and say, "I want to an iPad," and they get off of the latest one. And maybe there's the previous generation there at a slightly discounted price. And for those people that want to pay, save a bit of money, they go for the previous generation. But actually, not necessarily worrying whether or not it's the iPad one, two, three, four, or five. It's just, you know, it's just an iPad. Mm. Like you know, like other consumer devices. Are, you know, just you know, again with a, a PC. I mean, it's not necessarily a, a perfect example, but you know, again, you don't necessarily go in and ask for the latest HP version four. You know, you just go and peruse what HPs are on offer and you buy one. Yeah, I mean, I do see what you're saying, um, but I don't like the name still. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I and mean, admittedly, I do, I do, using the word new seems a bit. Um, but you know, in terms of because I think it actually is sold as the new iPad, isn't it? But you know, yes, I think it just yeah. just sell it as an iPad. You know, it is an iPad, and you just get the latest hardware. But I still call it the iPad Three. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Regardless. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know Andrew on uh, Digital Lifestyle was struggling to uh, not call it the iPad Three. I know. That's what I keep doing. I keep searching <laughs> for, for iPad Three and uh, for things online. And, uh, they're still listed as iPad 3 because that's what everyone looks for. <laughs> so, mm. so, I mean, that, that actually, actually, that's one thing I wanted to uh, quiz the listeners on, really, was um, one thing I'm looking for is a decent case for uh, for it. Um, and I was wondering what the listeners' uh, views were on uh, on the best iPad case to get hold of. Let us know. I'll be interested to, to hear before I scratch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely get in touch. Well, it's got that Gorilla Glass, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> One thing. It's the um, back I'm all worried about. Yeah. Putting it down that... all the time on stage. <laughs> That's why I would have yeah. just bought one of the smart covers, but um, kind of want something to cover the back as well. Yeah, it's the thing, especially when these things cost so much money, the last thing you want is to, to damage it. Yeah, exactly. Just going uh, back to what we were talking about before about, you know, how, how easy is it to innovate with a. a, a a tablet, you know, I just wonder whether or not Windows 8 might be able to do so in terms of the, with it still having kind of the desktop, um, whether or not there will be actually quite a lot of different devices and different interpretations of the best way to make a, a multifunctional device, because in some ways kind of the iPad is, is in, in some ways, and I don't actually mean this derogatively, but it's kind of a, a, a single um I've lost my train of thought, but it's kind of it's, it has kind of like a single purpose really in a way, um, whereas the x86 Windows 8s are going to you know have multiple personalities for better or for worse. You know we'll know in in 12 months whether or not that's that risk has um, that gamble has has paid off. But it might be interesting to see all the different Windows 8 tablets with you know pure tablets with ones with plug-on keyboards like the Transformer ones with um, screens that swivel and rotate and you know 
Should we need mm. to see what it was. Well, it's, it's actually it's actually it is interesting that you've uh, you've raised that point because that was something that I was going to talk about, but then decided not to. Um, was with regards to um, the case add-ons for the iPads that integrate that have keyboards built in, so whether or not people thought that they were worth the time to to get because you can get some really nice folio keyboards now, which where uh, keyboard cases for the iPad where. The iPad slots into it nicely. It's really thin. Um, it'll fit in, so you can actually, and then you can slot your iPad into the uh, into the the keyboard side of the case to actually use it as if it was a laptop. And I know a lot of people think that oh, you can you can never use an iPad as as, as anything more than just you know web surf and things like that. But I take mine away with me when I go working, and I've got um, the likes of Quick Office installed on there. I can do all my spreadsheets. I can do all my documents. It integrates into my Google Docs, so I can pull the documents down. Um, the only thing that really hinders me is not having that keyboard there. So uh, I was really interested to hear whether people were uh, found, if anyone had uh, like the keyboards for the iPads and whether or not they found them useful or not in, over the long term. Because I certainly, in my view, the iPad is much more than just a single device to sit there and watch TV on or something like that. If you've got the right apps, you can do pretty much everything that you want to do on the desktop yeah i think um i mean i i've got a, a a colleague that i work with he's um he's actually got one of the cases that you're talking about with with his ipad um and interesting enough he, he his primary reason for for buying the ipad along with the keyboard is because he thought it would increase his product his productivity but he's actually you know fundamentally really just using the ipad as a consumption device but i think i think in some ways the, the difference between that and maybe you know a, a plug on keyboard like with the um the android transformer um, sorry, the Asus Transformer, um, is that you've kind of got a case that isn't rigid in many ways. It's, you couldn't just sit down with it on your lap. You would still need to find a, a solid surface to, to put it down on and actually work on. Mm, yeah, I mean, that, that is the case with a lot of the, case with a lot of the cases. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, the, they are innovating. There's a lot of new innovations coming along now with, uh, with particular cases that are designed to stand up the same as you would with a laptop. So, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's an area that I think manufacturers are realising that people want to um, use their iPads for and are uh, starting to innovate with regards to cases. So it would uh, it'd be good to see uh, how far that comes and whether or not it's, uh, it, it improves over time. Um, I still obviously don't think, uh, don't recommend that anyone replaces a laptop for an iPad because uh, <laughs> you still need that, uh, that laptop for being ultra-productive. But for a... Um, a small machine for on the move, um, it, it, you know, it's, it, it, I think it's brilliant. It does the job. But like I say, you know, I was walking around uh, London doing some auditing there a few weeks back, and I just had the iPad and I had it in my arm. This is without the keyboard. I think just had it in my arm, walking from room to room, tapping in serial numbers and uh, making some models and things like that into a spreadsheet. And then just went and jumped on an access point, couldn't need to now with this one, but uh, jumped on an access point, emailed it off, and that was all just from an iPad, you know, so. So for on-the-move productivity, I think it's really good. I don't think you'd replace it if you were going to sit in an office. But uh... Yeah, and I think it's uh, – my feeling is that the, the, the ARM, the Windows 8 ARM tablets, although Microsoft say that they're, you know, they're just another PC, um, that you know, they're going to be some innovative devices with you know, plug-on keyboards and everything, that I kind of suspect that Windows 8 on ARM is actually going to end up being that iPad device 
even though it's got the desktop. I just don't think people will end up using it as as the multi-personality that Microsoft are trying to give it. And I think in some ways I still think it would have been nicer if actually it didn't have that desktop there, if they'd, you know, made ARM a clean a clean break. Um, but we shall yeah, see. Yeah, I mean, two different versions. Yeah, or even just, you know, it could still be the same, just core operating system, but just don't let people get to the desktop. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's still... It works a little bit better than what Windows 7, Windows 7 on a, on a touchscreen tablet was not very good. No, Windows 7 on a touchscreen is awful, and, and that's what I even find with the Iconia, that it's great in the Windows 8 Metro UI, but as soon as you go back to the desktop, the only exception to that being Media Center is... I kind of still wish I'd got the keyboard to go with it, but it was such an expensive add-on. You know, it would have really tipped, tipped the price. I mean, it's literally like a quarter of the price of the actual device itself, which is just a, just a shame, really. But I think um, one thing that did come out this week was that Microsoft <laughs> took the world by complete surprise and decided that Windows, codename Windows 8, is actually going to be called Windows 8, which I just think, was anybody surprised? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Um, I, th- I think you could have imagined a press a press conference, couldn't you? And then had tumbleweed just kind of blowing across in silence. <laughs> well, I think it would have been more interesting if they had called it Windows Tumbleweed or something. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, Windows the, Zebra or something like that. <laughs> I mean, the only horrible name is Windows RT, which I just think is is just awful. That, what, that what, what, what does that even stand for? Well, the. Speculation seems to be on Twitter that it's it's to keep it's to kind of have a tie-in with WinRT, um, which is a Windows runtime environment, which is a programming language. But why on earth would you name the product after a programming language that consumers couldn't care less about? Yeah, I think that's clutching the straws a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but as someone made a good point on Twitter, and I do apologise because I can't remember who it was, but when you're trying to tr- when you've got a problem and you go to to Google or to Bing and type in Windows RT, it's gonna you're gonna get loads of programming hits back. Yeah, it's going to make it really difficult to try and find help and assistance. But potentially, I mean, you know, we don't know the things are out yet. But you know, I just just think it's a mistake. I, I would have really liked Windows Metro. Yeah, as a name, but yeah, that would have been uh, that would have been a pretty cool name, and it would have um, publicised a lot better the Metro environment. Mm. I mean, it's certainly interesting. That it doesn't even have eight in the name. I know Microsoft said it. Because I think, in many ways, some consumers just refer to Windows as as Windows. I mean, it's interesting. Someone I used to work with, um, who used to complain about Windows Vista, and actually, when I started speaking to them about it, they actually meant Office. It was it was a new Office ribbon interface they didn't like, but to them, it was Windows Vista because it had come with Windows Vista, and that was uh, the first time they'd seen the new UI. And yeah, I've heard that a few times myself. So I just I, I do wonder whether or not it will be enough to to really differentiate it. But one thing um I don't know if you've got if you can just quickly scan really. But Paul Thorat had a, an interesting article, and I remember thinking um, some time ago, you know, following Microsoft, you know, who was who was really going to come along and and kind of take over from them. But I think in some ways it's not actually that someone's come along and taken over from them. It's actually that. As they did with the iPhone, Microsoft missed the opportunity, um, and now with Windows Phone and now with Windows 8 on as a, as a touch-first UI, they're kind of playing catch-up to the point where um, I think it was 
Gartner are predicting that even by 2016, they're only going to have about 12% of the tablet market compared to, um, what was it, uh, 37% for the iPad. Mm. And in some ways, you know, Microsoft have, have gone from that, which, you know, they're still going to be for many years to become, but they've got that dominant position on the desktop. But in almost every other area, they're going to be coming from behind Windows Phone, Windows 8, um, It'll be, you know, it will be a, hopefully a massive success on desktop. In terms of the devices that they're now trying to compete with, it's actually going to potentially be a, a third place runner-up. Yeah, quite possibly. I just think it's it's quite interesting that you know things are really changing, and I totally agree with what Paul's saying about how PCs for for many people are just too complex. They're just too easy to break and too prone to. to um, you know issues, and I know that Microsoft is trying to address that with the with the refresh and the reset on Windows 8. But you know, I think people are shifting to a much more simpler computing environment because most people do just want to surf the web or send emails or you know look up cheapest prices for the next TV and things like that. Yeah, and that is the case. You know, I mean, a lot of people don't. Um, you, th- you think of the power that most people have got on their desktops that are sat on their uh, their desk at home, and all they're doing is checking their email on it. It's um, you know they don't need all the power of a system like that, and um, like you say, it's far too easy for them to break. And uh, people, I think from that point of view, it, it probably it, this is why I say to a lot of people when uh, when visit family and friends and things it's like just have a play with it you can't break it that detrimentally unless you start pouring coffee into it or something like that <laughs> yeah. start deleting random files for no particular reason reason or rhyme you know that's when you're going to start breaking it but general use you're not just have a poke around you know you're not going to break it um well people are generally scared of it they're scared of not being able to do that but this that that fear seems to have been taken away with devices like the ipad and uh, android tablets and that kind of thing yeah so i think it you know it's going to be an interesting time for Microsoft. I can certainly, certainly see more and more as, as as things move on that how much of a gamble Windows 8 is because you know I think if we're still recording the show in four years' time, I can see us you know talking as uh, Microsoft as a you know a third player instead of the, you know the first player that they are or have been on the desktop. Who would you see as the first player? Oddly enough, I think in that market, I think as, as Gartner's predicting, I think I think Apple. Yeah. Because their devices are so simple, because primarily, I guess, maybe because of that wall garden, because, you know, you can't, you know, as, as un, unbreakable as the operating systems are to, to a point, you know, Apple protects you and, you know, things are so easy. And now with the with the iPad 3 and iOS 5 not even needing to be tethered, which I think I can hear Jose cheering, um, <laughs> you know, it's. They'd, you know, you can literally walk into a store, walk out with it, and, and be up and running. Especially as data moves more and more into the cloud. You know, I always used to run my own email server, and I'm I'm actually shutting it down, and you know, starting to move stuff off it, and changing my domains to either point at my Windows um, Windows Live hosted domain, or you know, in the future maybe you know people moving to Google or you know to other other services, and you know, you just everything's just stored in the cloud because it no longer works for me that my email is in Outlook on my desktop PC because I want it on my phone and I don't want to have something run on the phone, you know, using old technology like POP3 and then have to go back when I do go back to the PC of trying to go through all the emails that I've already read. It was, that was the reason why I moved, stopped using um, IE as my RSS reader because 
each time I read something and moved to another device, I had to go through and try and figure out what I'd read and what I hadn't. So I've actually started using um, software that stores that uses the um, the Google Reader um, tie-in. So that, you know, if I read something on one device or star it or flag it, it's available on, on everything else. Mm. So, yeah, I, I really can. I think, you know, Apple, unlike on the desktop, I can really see them coming through as a, as a forerunner unless, you know, Microsoft really do pull something off with Windows 8. Yeah. And I can almost, yeah, and I can almost see us having these conversations that we did earlier tonight with, you know, about Windows Phone that actually is, you know, how's Windows 8 going to catch up in this market? Yeah, it's quite funny, isn't it? How uh, I was just thinking about it then. How uh, with Microsoft being such a dominant player in the uh, in the PC market for so long, how we keep coming back to them catching up with everything now. Yeah, exactly. Like, the shift has changed over the last sort of ten years or five years or whatever, and now they seem to be playing catch up with all their uh, all their in all their different. Um, uh, systems apart from gaming with the Xbox, where they're still the uh, front runner, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, I mean, I mean, certainly, I I think the Xbox has surpassed the competition, but you know, really, with the original Xbox, they went for years as the underdog, um, before really switching it around with the Xbox 360, and that's kind of in some ways where I see them going with Windows Phone is that they'll just keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it until it succeeds because they need that platform. Mm. But but yeah, I mean, I think. It's kind of ironic, you know, so many ways because Windows Mobile was first, Windows Tablet Edition was first, um, in terms of you know, kind of aimed at mass consumers, and just completely failed to deliver for you know all the all the right reasons. You know, it's just the wrong UI for those kind of devices, and then along comes you know Apple, and then subsequently Android, and just reinvents the the whole thing. And for me, that's why I, I do like that Microsoft have been able to take a fresh approach with Windows Phone. You know. Because they could have easily just done another copycat device, and that people with familiar with those could have actually taken to a lot easier. Yeah. So yeah, which will which will certainly see. It's going to be interesting. I think interesting times. I do wonder really how much of the um, the antitrust oversight also held Microsoft back in terms of innovating. But I, I think in some ways that's an excuse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was obviously a big. Uh, had a big impact on them at the time, um, but yeah, you can't really use that as an excuse to no. <laughs> to not innovate. No. <laughs> and I think you know, in many ways, I think that the landscape has changed. You know, people keep saying, "Oh, but, oh you know, how can they be so bold to to bundle um, Office apps with um, the ARM tablets, or bundle a Mail client, or bundle this, that, and the other?" But you know, the world has changed. You know, the iPad. Actually, we talked about it. How outrageous it was that BlackBerry, um, sorry, that RIM could even think about launching a tablet that didn't have a native email client. So I think, you know, yeah. the whole bundling argument's kind of gone away, really. I think the world's oh, definitely, definitely. moved I mean, people, on. People, um, people nowadays expect to go and buy a system off the shelf and be, be able to be able to do all of the core functionality that they expect. That's calendar, email, general office tasks, you know, contacts lists, web browsing, all those kind of things. People expect to be able to do it out of the box. They don't want to go off and have to pay X amount extra to buy this this add-on, X amount extra to buy that one. It, it's, it's you know, it's what's expected in the world today, so. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And also, uh, sorry, actually, kind of stepping back, I actually tweeted this the other day that 
Windows 8 is going to be interesting because it's going to be such a shift for, for consumers that are used to dealing with Windows because for the moment with Windows 7 and before, you, if you did need to buy software, you installed it and it was available for everyone to use, whereas with the Metro apps, you need to install it once per user and also potentially if it's not a free app, actually buy it per user. Yes. I think that's going to be going to be quite a shift. So I think we've uh, we've had quite a long show. So there was just a, a few quick stories I wanted to fire off about Windows Phone, but um, obviously the Lumia 900 launched over into the states, which I think has been pretty well received overall. It's going to be interesting to see if it if it does help the the numbers. Um, I know there was a software glitch, but one thing we talk about is how carriers get in the way of Windows Phone updates. But actually, within about five days, I think it was. Nokia were able to push out an update to all the Lumia 900 users and still up to the 21st of April if you buy a Lumia 900 on eight from AT&T you can you get a $100 rebate so it's actually a, a completely free phone other than obviously your monthly contract yeah yeah no, that's good I really can't wait for that knowledge to come over here I think it's a yeah really nice it looks nice phone. it looks nice um, personally something I don't think I'll be going for it for my next phone um but it does look like a nice device. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm, I've been permanently on the on the Lumia 800, and actually, I really, really like it. I've really got used to that slightly smaller screen. Although, um, a colleague that I persuaded to switch from iPhone to, to Windows Phone, he he got the Titan, and actually uh, got to use it today. And geez, that's a big phone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. The tiles, the Windows Live tiles, just look humongous. I mean, it's just, I mean, it actually, like most people have said, it doesn't feel that big in, in the hand, but because the, the screen, because Windows Phone has a single resolution, because the, the icons, the, the tiles are so big, it just feels ginormous. I was going to ask you that. <laughs> because it's just got the one resolution, does it just look stupidly big? <laughs> I w- Without wishing to upset uh, friends. No, no, no. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I would. My instinct would would be to say almost yes. Because I remember I remember putting Windows Phone or not. I remember I don't remember putting Windows Phone on my HTC at all, and I wouldn't dream of doing that. Um, <laughs> but uh, even on that screen, that sort of screen, it looks big compared to my Omnia Seven. Um, t- yeah, it looks a little bit too big, really. To yeah, I, I would have preferred it if it had been able to. Kind of even with just the live tiles, they kind of switched it so you could have a, like a, a different resolution for the bigger size screens um, to probably fit more tiles on there or something like that. It would have been a lot more useful. Yeah, I think I mean, I mean certainly my gut instinct was yeah. It, I mean it certainly took me by surprise and so, it's all, yeah, it's, it's what it's, you see though, isn't it? Really? Yeah, exactly. I think um, <clears throat> I mean the one thing I would say is that you know there wasn't. I didn't really feel like the the decreased pixel depth gave any kind of pixelation or anything but, but yeah I mean they certainly did I mean like I said I didn't notice the size of the phone I know it was the size of the tiles and I think um, for, for me when I put the Lumia 800 next to the um, Omnia 7 I struggled with the fact that tiles were smaller but now I've used it permanently as, as my full time device it, you know I've not used the Omnia 7 for a while I've just gotten used to it but, um, but yeah I think it, it did they did look very big <laughs> <laughs> but then saying that coming the other way, coming from the HD2 to the Omnia 7, it felt like the Omnia 7 was far too small and I wasn't going to get on with it. But then, you know, that's yeah. the 
So. Yeah, that that was my experience with the Lumia engine that, that it was difficult to get used to the smaller screen. But having said that, the screen is so beautiful that actually you soon forget because it's so much nicer to to look at the, the, with the um, the clear black. It's you know really good display, and which is why I can't wait to see the, the 900. Can't mm. wait for it to come over here, which hopefully isn't too much longer. I think rumours are I think uh, phones for you maybe uh, talking about the 27th of April, and I think Carfan Warehouse was kind of saying mid May. So. Have you got one pre-ordered? I haven't because my contract's not due up till October, but I have put in a request to Nokia for a review device, so we shall see. Uh, they come through for me again. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So just a couple of final stories just to, to finish off was that the uh, the Windows Phone homebrew, um, which was uh, done by uh, Rafael Rivera and a few of the others, um, Long Zeng, is they've decided it's going to come to an end. Mm. Um, didn't last very long, did it? <laughs> no, I mean, they were given 10,000 tokens, which they sold out pretty quickly. Um, but what they haven't been able to prove is that it actually converts people to full-time Windows Phone development. Was it just an excuse for people to get their phone unlocked? Yeah. So they could Cheap kind of sideload access. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, But the one thing that they have done is everyone that used the unlocking um, paid the, what was it, Ten dollars, I think it was. Um, they're all getting a free upgrade to the App Hub, which is a hundred dollar um, account. So I think you know, I think that's kind of doing the right thing. That you know, it's saying to people, look, you know, we gave the opportunity to, for you to do some free development for those people that have actually invested the time. We're going to give you a free um, App Hub, which I think is a twelve month subscription. I think that's the way it works. Yeah, that's it. I've got it. Yeah, I've got an App Hub subscription. Yeah. So I think that, you know, I think that's certainly doing the right thing, and hopefully some of those homebrew apps will, will find the place on the marketplace, and it should be quite interesting. I know, Mark, I posted just recently that the uh, that they're having to shore up the the marketplace because it's just it's starting to slow down due to the sheer volume of apps. So I know they've they've passed the eighty thousand mark, so yeah. the eighty thousand mark will be too too near. And, and also something I wanted to mention, but I think we should, we should get into this near with the time because at the moment it's just just rumor and speculation, but that Microsoft still isn't talking about Windows Phone 8 in terms of being able to upgrade previous devices. And that may be due to hardware. It might be because they are looking to introduce different screen resolutions. But I still think they need to do the right thing. I think, I mean, they already abandoned Windows Mobile. I think it would be a mistake for them to to abandon Gen 1 devices. You could say, well, Gen 1 devices, people are coming up to, to renewal anyway, but then again, the people shouldn't have to renew. That's well, yeah, and, and the 900s just only just come out. So, and you know, we're maybe talking six months before Windows Phone 8 if it comes out in October. So, I think it would be a shame. It, it, then maybe they'll just, maybe the newer devices, the, the Gen 1.5 devices, will be upgradable. We just don't know. But I certainly think, I certainly hope they don't make that mistake because I think it could alienate a lot of people, which I don't think they can afford to do. No, no, I totally agree with you there. Um, what? What I'd like to see is that... If there's no particular hardware limitations that stops people from upgrading, there's no reason why they shouldn't do that. They should throw people that as a uh, as a bonus. Yeah, I mean, what I'd like to see is that um, if it is to do resolutions that Windows Phone 8 supports the same resolution now and bigger, so that Windows Phone 8, sorry, Windows Phone 7 devices can still use a subset of the operating system or maybe develop one specifically for... Um, kind of Gen 1 and Mango devices but one, th- one thing I'd be curious about and I've, I've not done any research on this is, is what resolutions this screen supports in the Lumia 900 because it could be although the screen is working at the standard Windows Phone resolution that actually 
you know, secretly it's capable of more. Mm. Maybe that will be the device that is is upgradable. But I think we I think we're getting closer and closer to the point where Mark's of where the tipping point between putting people off buying a phone and actually people just being put off anyway. I think that they're getting close to that tipping point where they need to start talking. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. Well, I think that's about going to wrap it up for show 106. The uh, shootout at the OK Corral. <laughs> yeah, I was looking forward to that one after the conversations last night. Yeah, I think I think it was just an excuse how they had to go early. <laughs> <laughs> planning, I'm sure we'll pick it up. He's planning phase two now. <laughs> Yes, yeah, exactly. I think he's secretly listening because he's, uh, he's recording tonight, so it's still still playing on his PC. He's just kind of muted. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so please do get in touch with us. You tell, tell John what your thoughts are on uh, cases for the, the uh, new iPad. Mm, yeah, I mean, I genuinely would be interested because there's, there's that much out there on the market. Um, you know, surely, like, I can crowdsource some opinions from people. So <laughs> do, do let me know because I'm genuinely interested. I want to buy one. Um, you know, I want good value for money. I don't want it to ruin the uh, aesthetically pleasing nature of the iPad. Um, and obviously, it's got to be a decent case. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm interested to see what you've what you've got, what you recommend, really. Keyboard so, cases as well, because I'm still debating keyboard cases. <laughs> so yeah, so get in touch. You can now get directly to our part of the Digital Lifestyle website by uh, using tdlmobile.com. Uh, you can contact us via email at mobile at the digital lifestyle dot com. I must check with Ian actually whether or not you can use mobile at tdl dot com. But um, you yeah, can uh, yeah you can uh, look us up on Facebook. Um, we need to set up a Google Plus account actually, don't we? Yeah, we have yeah we haven't really done anything with it, but uh, like the rest. Oh, we have gone. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can uh, follow me on Twitter. I'm at database chase. Uh, I'm at John Dickinson. That's John without a H. <laughs> Uh, Jose is at Jose Ortiz and Sheldon is at Sheldon W and uh, yeah get in touch it'd be really really good to hear from you and uh, thanks for listening (laughs) 